0: Ah, hello there. It's Paul Carenza here. That means this must be a Paul Carenza podcast. Thank you for tuning in once again. It's just catching up. That's what this currently is on this podcast channel, which is a slightly unusual thing I'm doing. I'm well aware it's not the thing people do on podcasts, but this is the place. You can hear lots of other previous podcasts I've done, interview shows like the Heptagon Club, Comedians with Books, and now we are catching up, which is really me finding some old friends and some new ones, really, and seeing how they're doing. So this time, that's the turn of Reverend John March. Now, I got to know John at university half a lifetime ago, and then some. And John is a lovely fellow. We nicknamed him Random John because, well, he was slightly random in some of the things that he did and said, and I'm sure that will come across in this episode. Uh, John March has a podcast called The New Now, and in fact, I was delighted to be a guest on it. So I'm on his, he's on mine, and I'll put the link to that podcast in the show notes. It's called The New Now with John March and Matt Hogg. But right now, on this podcast, we talk about how, as a church leader, he can plan for what's coming back after a pandemic. In fact, we had this conversation in July of 2021, but I've held back until September 2021 to put it out there, because this does have a kind of a new term, a new year kind of feel to it. So some of his references to things like the World Cup and to the reopening of society, the easing of restrictions... That places it in July of this year. We also talk about how we get both started at university, theology degrees. And we began by talking about the fact that John has several children, but I wasn't sure exactly how many. And what does several mean anyway?
1: Now, settle a debate, right? This is a debate I'm having with my wife, um, which is several, in my mind, is four and above.
0: Yeah, I think you have three. a couple, which is yeah. obviously two. Then it's a few.
1: Then it's a few. Yeah. Three. I think yeah. th- two and three, that could be, like, if you're not sure whether it's two or three, you say a few. A few, yeah. Possibly stretch that to four, but several mm. does not qualify three.
0: I think you're probably right,
1: question. because it really matters in terms of your recollection of events.
0: That's true. I can so see. When you
1: get into marital disputes mm. about, I asked you to do this several days ago. I want to know how many days are you referring to? Mm. Yeah. Because in my mind, several is four or five.
0: It seems, it seems like such a minor thing. And yet in COVID times, you know, oh, is it this do? How many people are there? Several. Yeah. Well, what does, yeah. that, what does that mean? You know, does that yeah. mean 40? Does it mean three? It's not two, is it?
1: It's not. It's definitely not two because that's several a couple. Beyond
0: two. Yeah, that's a couple.
1: And then you then you upgrade from a couple to a few, which I think is anywhere between two and four, because you don't know how many there are.
0: I I have a few children. Not entirely sure.
1: Yes, you have a few children. You should know that.
0: Boris Johnson has several children. Yeah. I mean, he knows, just we don't. So
1: I'm, I'm presuming he knows. I
0: assume. I'm making an assumption there. I'm making several assumptions, a few assumptions.
1: A few assumptions in that case. So, so several for me in my mind's eye does not equate to three. Several. I was waiting several hours. Oh yeah,
0: oh, yeah that's not train. three, is it? That's not three.
1: It's not three. Mm, no. I had several bars of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, a, that's a lot of that's a lot of chocolate, isn't it? Well, that's what's a lot. You know, I suppose it's rel- a lot is relative, is that- isn't it? If I'd had several, I've had several pints doesn't mean three does it that means I, I mean seven but i'm not telling you seven
1: yeah right? yeah you want to say seven and you turn it into several yes yeah. 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 No- normally yeah. if you've had seven pints you could probably get several
0: yeah who knows what you're saying by that point yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> i tell i tell the younger members of my congregation that i remember the days and you'll remember these two of our halls of residence bar being a pound a pint
0: <sighs> no one they wouldn't believe you now would they
1: they wouldn't believe you they wouldn't believe you tell people these days luxury I,
0: I think we were at the tail end of of a pound a pint because i recall when i went to uni i remember i had a few friends who were older than me and I, they were talking about like pound a pint and i was of an age like 15 or so going what what's a what's a pint you know <laughs> like a, like a milk no okay um or whatever and then i we we got there and generally prices were like you know 130 150 but you know if you pick the right night
1: yeah the pound a pint generally fosters generally fosters yeah watered down all other all other substandard australian beers are available
0: yeah absolutely um, in those little plastic things that really broke as soon as you tried to as soon as you tried up. to carry
1: any of them yeah but and if you carried three you had to master the carrying the three mm. to the table without spilling any what's didn't the, you work um, behind the didn't you work behind the rutland bar i've never
0: point? worked behind it but i was whole president of rutland so no, I, I should that. say I
1: thought you, I thought I, I remember seeing you behind the bar pulling pints.
0: I've never I don't think I've ever pulled a pint in my life. I've I've been behind the bar, probably, you know, I don't want to say being Lord of the Manor, but you know, a slight yeah. sense of I'm a I'm jacket. Whole president. I can go and get a bag of crisps whenever I want and pay for it. But still, yeah. you know, it was yeah. a slight sense of that, you know.
1: Yeah, the smoking yeah. jacket embroidered with your name on it.
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah, I remember.
1: Yeah, Hall, so, Hall, Hall President. Yeah.
0: So I should say that. But you know, we we've met at university at Nottingham, and uh, and we did theology. We did. Um, I was I was a year above you. I seem to recall. You were. And you are now ten to twenty years above me in terms of your theological knowledge and understanding. Kind of, because you you've you've you went and got vicared pretty soon after.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it, at the time it didn't seem that soon. I certainly had no ambition of becoming a vicar when i went to i
0: didn't think you'd do you didn't mention it anyway when we were there
1: no it certainly wasn't a thing my dad was a vicar is a vicar um uh he's retired now but my dad was a vicar and um i think people have different views when it comes to their parents and whether they want to do the thing their parents i was one of those kids not because i had a bad experience being vicar's kids at all Um, but I didn't want to do the same thing as my dad. I want to do something different. Um, So you may ask why on earth did you end up doing theology at Nottingham?
0: Oh, I I should ask that question. So why did you
1: end up doing theology at Nottingham? Funny you should ask that, Paul. Thanks. Um, I ended up doing theology at Nottingham because... Long and the short of it is that it was the only thing that I was vaguely interested in that would keep me going for three years and get a degree at the end of it.
0: That's exactly what I say when people ask me about. The- well, people don't ask me at all. I tell them anyway. Uh, <laughs> at gigs. When I do after 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 show gig Q and A's because I've run out of material, and I <laughs> explain about theology. It was I got to A level and I thought, right, I've got maths, economics, and religious studies. Which of these three could I see myself still being vaguely interested in in three years from now?
1: Enough to get us, you know. You know, a, a degree of some kind that you can pass off in any environment.
0: Well, I heard that it's art. It's an arts degree, and I always thought, is it arts because it's theology and art? I suppose it sort of is. It's sort of, it's a yeah, bit, of, yeah, yeah. bit of history, a bit of, bit of Latin, probably. But yeah. yeah, I thought it's an arts degree, and they, I don't know, they say that you can use that and get any job you like, or indeed no job at all. That's <laughs> the thing. It's like a piece of paper that it's. It's like Doctor Who's. Um, id that you know has nothing on it but people if they want to they can go oh right that means something and if they don't yeah, want it's to it's like they can a go,
1: jedi mind trick why are you holding the jedi the mind problem. trick of degrees exactly
0: unless you turn it into something like you did
1: true and it was helpful it is helpful still um but that was not what i i was not intending to do theology when i when i uh, first applied for university um you'll remember the days of the ucas form
0: oh ucas
1: Now your international listeners in-
0: Yeah, both of them.
1: Yeah, they won't won't necessarily know of uh, the UCAS process, but when you're, as you know, when you're in your final year of permanent education, you have to apply for university if that's where you want to go. And you do so by the, well, in our days, through a UCAS form, which had to be immaculate. Do you remember Black Mm. Ink? absolutely block capitals fill, fill in the boxes fill in the box and you have the UCAS handbook yeah and you Pretty go and you, oh so thick and you and then you look up the institution that you wanted to apply for the degree and then you it had a particular university code and then the course mm. that you wanted to do had the course code and the two codes together formed the unique identification of the exact course that you wanted to apply for
0: good memory I can tell that you're younger than me by at least a year because I've, I've forgotten all of this <laughs> blocked it from um, my, my mind
1: and you had to put, you could only apply for six institutions. Six. I
0: remember six. I only did four because I couldn't think of two more. So I just did,
1: <laughs> just did the four. I'd so only visited
0: two of them. So I thought I visited two. I haven't found time to visit the other two. So I'll just put down two randoms really. You know.
1: It's a very odd process. So you go through and then you put your six things down. They have to be in alphabetical order. And um, uh, and and then you have to write a personal statement.
0: <sighs> yeah.
1: And you had to. The personal statement was: here is two to three hundred words on why you should pick me over above mm. anybody else. Mm. And on there would also be your kind of predicted grades for your for your A levels that and, would then get you into the course that you wanted.
0: And did you say in that bit of paper? I can't remember. Did you have to say I really like Nottingham slash Sheffield slash Kent <laughs> slash Manchester to brackets delete as appropriate depending on where you are?
1: It was. Um, I remember there were some people in my, uh, when I was at school who were doing this, who were super cocky. They were the kind of people that would be Mm -hmm. like, I'm just gonna be a real, like, couldn't care less about this. But but they played the high risk game in their personal statement. You know, they'd say, you know, they'd say, obviously, obviously they'd say this kind of completely tongue in cheek, but they'd say things like, in their personal statement, things like, Well, I can't think of what else to do with the next three years of my life, so I may as well apply for. You know, and they would just throw that in there. And I'm thinking that's a high risk strategy.
0: Tough. Yeah. I played it
1: safe, so I applied. But my when I went through the whole system, my initial um, plan was to do business studies. So actually, I applied to European Business Studies at Loughborough, or as Americans like to say, Lugarbruger. Um, I thought, I thought you say,
0: as Americans like to say, Beiselner Studies. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, you're right. Lugabruger. That's the one.
1: Lugabruger. Laubrow. So I applied to the European business at, at Loughborough, and then I took my gap year as a youth worker in Cardiff. So I did youth work for a year in, in Cardiff, and during that year, decided that I didn't want to do European business at all. So went through the process of reapplying. Where you had to get out yet another UCAS mm. form and do the whole thing all over again.
0: You'd and, love that form so much.
1: Oh, I loved it. Yeah. but it was. Um, it also cost me because oh, I was the first year that tuition fees were introduced. Mm. I was just thinking we were the, the tail end of that, but I, I was, and you clearly weren't. Well, I would have done if I, you know, because I had my mm. application. Me and you in the same year group because I don't think you had yeah. a gap year, did you?
0: No, I didn't. I went straight there. Yeah. So
1: we were in the same school year group and because i deferred entry the tuition fees didn't apply to me but because then ah. i had started a brand new process suddenly i was on the hook for in those days the big money of a thousand pounds a year
0: yeah yeah it it came in then didn't it yeah and in fact you know what i'm i'm now off uh, 42 and I, I i won't do this but you know, I had, a, I had a thought about I'd like to do another degree. I'd like to do a history degree. I'd like to do the degree i always wanted to do until I, <laughs> I should have done to begin with. But um, but then I thought, no, it's not like the old days. You can't just turn up and do it for free and fill in a, a six <laughs> uh, a UCAS form with block capitals and all that. It's changed. It's changed. It is. So um, I don't quite know if I will um, muster the energy and indeed money to do a three-year degree might, exactly. like I'd like to.
1: Well, the, um, so I applied for this thing and I only had one cause I was living in Cardiff and we, I grew up in, um, the other side of the country in Canterbury. And, um, so my parents lovingly sent this physical UCAS form that I had to get absolutely perfectly right to send off and write it. So I had my UCAS handbook and I had my, you know, black ink pen I filled it out and the, the course I was going to apply for was to do teaching with a religious studies emphasis. You always had to have one hmm. emphasis. And because I enjoyed my youth work that I was doing in, in Cardiff in a church, I thought, oh, I'll do that. So I filled out my UCAS form. And as I filled it out, I realised that I filled out this form wrong. Oh. And I'd filled in Nottingham Trent, not Nottingham University. Rookie error. And so I realised in that moment that I, I had to choose a degree from Nottingham University to make... So I filled in Nottingham University, not Nottingham. Oh, Church, I see.
0: Way. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Sorry, so I, way, but Matt, either way, they are near each other, but they, they are, are not near each other. other
1: and certainly alphabetically side by side in, the, in, in said UCAS handbook. So I filled in this form and I put Nottingham U- University. And I'm thinking, well, I didn't want to apply for you, Nottingham. I was trying to get a teaching degree from them. They didn't do a teaching degree at Nottingham University. They, wow. So I was like, well, I have to have something that matches this personal statement that I've written for <laughs> all the other ones. So I thought, well, I'll look down the list. Oh, there's, there's something vaguely religious. I'll do theology. So I filled that in. Went to the uh, to my surprise, even though my then my actual grades, not my predicted grades, were one one short of what they wanted, they they offered me an interview. So I show up at the interview, um, having not intended to put it down in the first place. And the guy interviews me. Said, "So your grades are pretty good," and I thought my grades have never been described as pretty good in the past. (laughs) This is not something that people have ever said about my, my academic prowess. Um, and he said, yeah, you you did pretty well. A for German, B for business study, C for history. I was like, didn't get an A in German. (laughs) They were like, says on your form, you did. I was like, I definitely didn't. Because your school fills out your grades, what you get, you don't fill them in. Right. And my school, had written down the wrong grade. No way.
0: On my so, us So you <laughs> you did a three-year degree because of a spelling mistake and indeed you probably found a vacation because of it. God works yeah. mysterious ways. He does but, work so you wrote the wrong name of the wrong university down. Yeah. And then got, the school. I got an
1: interview on the and basis. An on
0: and then the, the, and op- the school and yeah. the school spelt your grades wrong. I and mean, you spelt one letter wrong. You know, yeah. you meant to write a C and you wrote an A or whatever. I don't know. Like, who knows? But do you know? So,
1: So then he said to me, oh. Well, you're here now. Do you want a place?
0: <laughs> so I ended up
1: at Nottingham University through no intention at all.
0: That's crazy. And I did not know wrongly... that.
1: Yeah. So really, I've been living a lie all this time.
0: Well, that fits your I mean, your I don't know how if this lasted beyond university or before it, but random John was your your nickname at university.
1: It was. And yeah. this
0: suits that perfectly, doesn't it? I mean, this is a random. <laughs> you know when people go well what do you mean random because that was a thing people said back then it's so random oh, so but random. um uh in fact i think that came in after i think the you know kind of american high school is so random thing came in later i feel a bit i recall being a little bit narked that they borrowed you know taken it because you were random you know i mean that is a random thing it's yeah but you're a bowling random. ball bouncing off the sides of these buffers that somehow then pings over and causes a strike in the next lane you know right yeah yeah that kind yeah.
1: of thing. Good on and, you. Um, much much to the frustration of a lot of my friends who are like you, you how did you blag that yeah you didn't even try and blag that um so it's a trick I... shot
0: at snooker but you're, a, you're you are basically a living trick shot at snooker there we go oh there know. we go
1: that's, oh that's something for my um, linkedin profile
0: you can have that you bounced off one table down the road <laughs> <laughs> jumped up the stairs bounced into the local snooker hall not
1: the pen yeah, exactly. What the person writing the UCAS for. <laughs> Absolutely. Boom. Wow. So yeah, you go. So we, random. so Yeah, I mean, I, pretty every so often I see people from university and they'll say, Random John. I'll be like, yeah. whoa. Oh, yeah. But it got to the point at university where I no longer, the, 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 uh, the John bit of the name got dropped. So people yeah, just, well, just random. shout random at yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, that was just a... Nor- and I'll be like, yeah, hi. Yeah, that's your name. Yeah, yeah. Yep, well, I mean, that's me. Yeah.
0: And then, as I recall, you then moved to... After uni, when you went to sort of North London, which is, you know, still where you uh, have yeah. your, your flock. And then Random John became Camden John. It was almost like you deliberately found a place that sounds a bit like Random. Yeah. And go, mean, there you
1: are. When you do the uh, the rhyming dictionary of places that sound like Random, there aren't many.
0: No. It was that or going to fa- Fandom, uh, or Phantom, Phantom John. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That'd be a uh, different career.
0: So uh, so theology finished then, and then you did your, what, you did you do a conversion course or something, or you uh, theological college? Or, so I did um... a
1: couple of years interning, because what else do you do after you you know, we talked about, like, getting this degree, and you're like, well, now what? Yeah. Why, why do you do theology? Well, to get me a degree. So now you got the way. degree, so now what? Mm. So I did a couple of internships, because I didn't know what. Um, and one of them was out in the States, working in um, working for a church in Chicago. Uh, and then I came back from that and I did my theological training as a vicar. Uh, and I did that in Oxford for a couple of years where a friend of ours, we we passed like ships, Henry and I. Mm. Um, yeah,
0: our mutual friend, Henry, uh, Rev- Reverend Henry Curran, who uh, left, as, as I said on a previous podcast, on your podcast, in fact, we yes. should mention to anyone listening, if they uh, think, hey, I'd like some more of this scintillating conversation, mm. but elsewhere and with another person involved, i had a conversation for your podcast um yes. in which you can hear us talk about yeah henry curran who was a friend at uni who left uni and um walked out of it turned left found a church went that'll do i'll have that yeah. one and he's been vicar of that church in t- from then till now for a couple of Absolutely. decades first church he found i'll have it
1: so i bumped into him second kind of experience of bumping into henry pre joining an institution so i did the same thing with you i met you and henry on the first day of university at nottingham and you welcomed me with open Absolutely. arms to to the halls of residence um and then um, and then i had a similar experience of when i was checking out theological colleges henry was at one of the ones i was checking out mm. and uh, that's where i ended up in oxford so i did two years training there and then moved to london so and which is where i've been ever since or well, lived around a bit around London, but. Um, did what they call your curacy, which is your kind of practical apprenticeship, um, apprenticing is the word I was looking for, um, for about three years. And then you go off and be a vicar somewhere, which is what I've been doing really ever since up here in North London.
0: And you, you've been there for, for some time now, then, haven't you? And um, uh, it's, it feels like only yesterday. But how's that experience been? Has it been everything you imagined that vic- vicardom would be and more and uh, and, and indeed and London as well being sort of part of a North London that must be different. You know, Henry's got this Nottinghamshire, yeah. Uh, you know, well, actually, he's he's not he's on the edge of a town, I suppose, isn't he? But uh, it, it's you know, you're right. You're, you're in London. You're in the thick of it, aren't you? You're right. Yeah. There well, on it's, the it's,
1: it's it's hard work, and most of the things that they teach you in college you don't need, and most of the things you do need, you don't get taught. And I don't blame anybody for that. It's just the reality of the job is that one moment you're, you know, you've got to be a public speaker. Another moment you've got to be a, a civic figure, you know, some kind of community leader. Another moment you are chairing a, a, a board of, essentially a board of trustees, what we call a church council. Another minute you've got to get your head around a, a budget, a finances. If you have staff, you've got to be good at line management and all that kind of stuff. And um, you've got to be good at pastoral care. You've got to be good at what what you say to somebody when they're, when they're dying, you got to, you know, how do you prepare people for, for, for uh, their marriage, you know, every, every part of life is covered. Um, and, the, and then, so I think a lot of the things you're trained for is a lot of the kind of, rightly so, the outward facing stuff of, of ministry, which is the, um, uh, which is the kind of the stuff that people see. I think the stuff that you're not really trained for, and I think is really challenging, is all the other stuff that, ne- that, that goes on behind the scenes to make everything else happen. How do you chair a good meeting? You kind of work out as you're going along. How do you, um, how do you make sure that administratively the church is running well? How do you make sure the finances are working? All that kind of stuff um, is the stuff that you don't really do much of, but really makes everything tick. And a lot of my work, is around that stuff the background mm. stuff um and um you know as people often say to me i often thought that i mean before my dad was a vicar i often <laughs> thought that what, what else does a vicar do from monday to saturday um <laughs> yeah. so because the business stuff is only that one day a week of course
0: yeah and I always say it must be a split level thing that you've got if you're running a church that it's for the people who uh come to it but it's also the people who, who don't so you are yeah running running a business to to a degree or or an organization or community that's there for those people who who will see you at their most important times of their lives you know births marriages and deaths and and things like that and indeed i suppose putting things on that you hope they might might come and
1: come Come along other times i think it's william temple that said that the church is the only organization that exists for its non-members former archbishop of canterbury i think and um it's true but but i that can often be intention because you know you're your, the energy that you place you know wanting to be a place of welcome for those that are not yet part of your community in that sense um can be can feel at odds sometimes with the people that are there the, the people that are there feel oh well i don't feel cared for if you're doing mm. if you're off there doing that and you're, you're a, you know you know you have the same 24 7 hours that everybody else has and mm. so um so i think that's that that is challenging but i think that that kind of um yeah i mean i've learned a lot the church that we were in we um was close to 20 years before i was asked to take it on so it was it was a it was a derelict church it was structurally sound but as a building it was derelict inside it was dry rot in the floor wet rot in the um sorry dry rot in the ceiling wet rot in the floor the electrics weren't earthed so for however many years people be turning on the light switch and thinking Mm -hmm. there's there's a possibility I might die by turning these light switches on. At least you're in the right place. (laughs) Exactly. The distance between death and the funeral will be quite short. That's true. I'll just shift him a bit to the left now. It's fine. Short commute.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So we, we took on this empty building and, um, it was due to be closed six, six days away from being sold. So, um, and we took it on and, um, it's still, still standing. Um, I, I like to say that, you know, from the moment I joined, we had church growth. It's and- <laughs> <laughs> true, yeah, yeah. The, the only way is up. You can't yeah. really sink it into the ground any further than it was.
0: Yes, um, your your graph must look quite impressive. It's yeah. <laughs> a big old spike you got. Oh, look at that.
1: There. Yeah. Look at that, year one, 100% growth. Yeah. Um So yeah, yeah so it, that, that I really enjoyed, but I think often the challenge is in maintaining it beyond the kind of mm. kickstart um, and um, yeah.
0: And how's it, I, I can only imagine that in the last year with, you know, a mix of some parts of church moving online, but other parts, of course, people still need to be there in person. And, yeah. then, and then coming through that and, and to whatever's next, how's that been for you? Has it been uh, uh, utterly bananas uh, or have you yeah, not have it's had a been... chance to reflect on it yet? Yeah, I don't
1: know. yeah it's, it's been mad really. Um, it's been really challenging. And I think we, For those of us that are used to kind of planning at least six months, if not a year or two ahead, saying, you know, this is where we want to be, that kind of went out the window immediately. Uh, And initially you're working week to week, you know, what do we need to get done this week? Kind of, um, I kind of framed it at the beginning that uh, with with the team, I said, listen, the first thing we need to be doing is thinking defensive. So, I mean, I can't go go at the moment without making reference to the football, Uh, by the way it's coming home it is uh or maybe when people are listening to it it has come home
0: it's true by the time we should do two versions of this like oh it was great when it came home wasn't it and oh what's a shame that it nearly came home and stopped at the doorstep
1: yeah came home and decided nah it was
0: it was on the way home it was but we were out so it was delivered to a neighbor exactly (laughs) exactly neighbor across Europe
1: yeah um so uh you know every good football team is built on defense got you got to have a good defense so i just kind of said to the team listen let's let's just work out what we need to get done you know let's tr- not try and be particularly ambitious let's what let's just cover the bases and then from there we'll be able to have a, str- a, a a stronger position from which we can do more kind of um outreachy things um and um but it's been it's been really challenging it's you know the, the constantly moving goalposts trying to trying to be trying to use it as an opportunity to be uh, creative in what we're doing, but at the same time, everyone's exhausted. Um, you know, so there was initial real excitement about online church So lots of people tuned in online initially. And then that kind of ebbed away, um, because the reality is people want to see one another and be, be with one another. And so we actually, until the beginning of June this year, we'd not met, regularly face to face there were certain things that we did every so often face to face like easter and christmas we had face to face socially distanced and so on but a lot of the restrictions of, of what um you know even as lockdown was easing for most of the country things like pubs and things like that for the church it was still no singing it still is no singing It still is isn't
0: it yeah time of recording in any case um, yeah exactly probably at the time of this being out there in the world There should be singing because it will be after July 19th, 2020. I'm
1: really enjoying singing.
0: Yay. Right now. (laughs) They're singing it's Um, coming home or not. Exactly. But
1: the pubs, you know, the the pubs were filling up, the restaurants you'd be able to eat inside, all that stuff was happening. Meanwhile, at the time, the churches were still, you know, not allowed to sing, socially distant, masks on. Um, If you had to take communion, you could only take communion with the bread not the wine. Um, and, um, And children's work was really hard. They were just still trying to maintain bubbles for children and um well your bubble at school is different from your bubble at church and so how do you maintain that and do that well so we've just found it you know the logistics uh, and i i'd say i would say that there's not many church leaders clergy that you speak to who aren't absolutely shattered and a lot of that is just um like uh decision exhaustion um you know, decision fatigue, they are just kind of, okay, what does next week mean? You know, and all the, you know you, when you've made certain in the life of anything, whatever you do in life, whether as a parent or as, as, as in any form of work, it's your routine that you kind of, that's just always there in the background and everything else. And then that routine enables you to build everything else into it. Mm. Well, once the routine went out the window last March. Like, I mean, as a parent, we were suddenly homeschooling four kids. My wife's a teacher. She was having to, she was, she at the time, um, as a primary school teacher, you have, um, uh, curriculum leads. So, you know, you have your classroom, but then you, you know, if you, you happen to be looking after reception, but you have a curriculum lead in you also are looking after for the whole school maths, for example, Mm. Well, my wife's curriculum lead was computing, Ah. which pre COVID was like, Oh yeah, do a few courses, (laughs) no problem. Suddenly, Uh. and she had actually moved. um, She'd actually had a meeting about four weeks before, I think four weeks before COVID hit and lockdown hit, where she had a chat with the Google guys and said, you know, how do we bring our, uh, it provision up to speed and a bit more online and blah, blah, blah. And she had basically an 18 month plan laid out which basically within the two weeks of lockdown, you know, five weeks later, six weeks later was all I up think, and running.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know, an
1: 18 month plan got con- con- contracted to six weeks. Um, so all of that, that routine just fell out, out, out of the bottom and we were all trying to have to work out what our new routine was. And it's the same for church is that the, the, the everyday stuff of we have church services at this time, and this is the, this happens on this day. And we have, you know, prayer meeting on this day and we have alpha on this day, whatever it is suddenly kind of went out the window. And so we're Mm. like, okay, now what do we do? And, and every time the restrictions have either eased or not, we've had to make those decisions again. Mm. Um, and, and part of me, whenever this is coming out, but I'm looking now in, in, in July, looking ahead to September thinking, is there going to be another wave? Is there going to be local lockdowns? The, the numbers are surging again. What? So we basically, pivoted to coin a phrase that was we used a lot in lockdown mm-hmm. um and basically tried to create something that would withstand all of the ebbs and flows of being able to meet with various restrictions so we created different structures around that which we're now moving out of um but but we'll, it's it's been really challenging
0: and it's difficult to know how to um you know this time next year uh where we'll be really I and mean, in terms of you know i, I see uh, as a comedian i'm booking gigs now for um in fact someone offered me a gig this week uh someone this week had offered me a gig for two years time for wow. 2023 and, they, and they, they even said are you free on this date in May 2023 and I went, yeah I don't know presumably there is still a comedy circuit <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah probably but it's difficult to even put pl- and, and gigs for September that um or even August that are cancelling now because there's not the confidence uh, the venues have of knowing can we fill this because generally in comedy land you need about 80 percent capacity to um to break even so you uh you know you can do less than that but then it becomes sort of not so worthwhile in that sense but we, yeah with restrictions changing but even then restrictions change and then there there seems to be a bit of a lag time before you can kind of see a, the effects of those changes but also what the public mood is i guess you know who is if you if you went, I don't know if you, are you online at all now for your church things? Are you we, so I in think person?
1: like a lot of churches, we're doing hybrid and actually we're going to yeah. keep doing hybrid for a while yeah. because I think there will be people that no matter what the restrictions say, have an unease about joining mm. in, in large groups of people.
0: Yeah. I And I, I, to myself, I miss communion. I've not done taking communion now for uh, well over a year. And I always used to like it. I used to feel, feel it was a very special thing. And I, I, you know we've been to church a couple of times but they haven't had communion there those ones and i'm missing it and i don't quite know in what way i will have it again i will have it again at some point but i yeah. think back to churches i've been to in the past where the communion wine comes around in little mini tubes yeah, yeah. or something like that or pre-shredded bread or whatever or bring your own i don't know and then you're the, gonna be blessed but things like that it's there are certain aspects of of church life and, and life at large that it's tricky to know exactly where we'll be in a year.
1: But uh, Which makes um, it which I which is which is what contributes to the exhaustion. Mm. Because you're even when you start making plans, part of you is thinking Yeah. Do I in the back of my mind am I am I having am I gonna to have to make two plans? One mm. is, yep, yeah, I'll book that date for twenty twenty three yeah um but in the back of my mind i ought to have another plan you know i know that's an extreme example but but even if you think about september you're thinking i'll i'll take those dates but maybe Mm -hmm. i need to have another you know plan in place
0: well this and the the government phrasing we often hear about we're we're gonna have to learn to live with it i i get that and i think i agree with that but in a way it's it's only helpful as a headline because i kind of want to know yeah but we need to know what the detail of that looks like in all sorts of parts of society. Yeah. So, yeah, we need to learn to live with it. But does that mean we are no longer going up and sharing communion goblets or yeah. um, or packing ourselves onto aeroplanes, package uh, yeah. holidays? Or you know, I used every. I mean, this is a minor thing, but it's just reflective of of it all. But you know, Twelfth Night we have in our local pubs in Guildford. We tour around sixth of January uh, a mummers' play, a traditional medieval oh, yeah. mummers' play. And it's, you know, some uh, carols uh, and, uh, you know, kind of jester's hat. And it's this ancient medieval thing. And part of that is the wassail bowl, this giant punch bowl. It's passed around the entire pub. Everyone takes a sip. And, you know, I think they say that culturally it shares some sort of heritage with communion, you know, with the yeah. fact that we are a community. We share this together. Yeah. And um, and it's kind of, and, you know, I've even read in books, people say, well, this, the idea was like, if it's poisoned, we're all going down together. It's that kind of feel like we're all in it together. Yeah, yeah. But I could, I don't quite know when the Wassail Bowl will be passed around a a an, a well over capacity pub. Uh, you know, I'm talking like 200 people crammed into a room that can really comfortably fit 12. <laughs> I don't quite know when that's going to happen again. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's a joyous thing that I might look back on and go, "Oh right, that was until I was until I turned 40 or 41, and then that stopped for for decades. I don't know." Is yeah. that think that comes back on i don't know but we'll have to see
1: and i think what makes that hard is that is that those of us who are in places where we are called to gather people together
0: mm. uh
1: we we are asked at a local level to put to make our own minds up right um and so we become the kind of decision makers and mm. you know so so you know as we're speaking now the restrictions are going to be lifted you know handbrake off july 19th and so good our luck everybody time, yeah <laughs> see you on the other side yeah and um and on 25th we've got just a big service happening um and we want we want there's, there's a natural desire and excitement let's gather back together and let's sing for the first time together in mm. 18 months whatever it is 16 months and um And yet we also are very aware that there'll be people that 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 it feels uncomfortable. Even I'm an extrovert and I love being with people and gathering people together and so on. Um, And the idea and I love singing. And so this is kind of tick, tick, tick. But even I walk into and anticipate that and think this is going to be quite overwhelming being Mm -hmm. suddenly in a group of 200 people, not socially distanced. So we're creating space deliberately. And I think that is our mandate as a church. You know, there's a, a bit in the Bible that talks about character to carry one another's burdens. And uh, and in our individual individualistic society, you've got people saying, I want the right to do this and I want the right mm. to do that. And I think as a church, we get to model something different that says, we, we can hold this together. So we're gonna have a space, which is gonna be for those that want to be socially distanced in the church building that oh, great, That's And
0: we're nice.
1: gonna ask that everybody, even though we can take the masks off, we're gonna ask that everybody keeps them on while we're singing. And maybe when the talk is happening or whatever, we drop them down if you want. Um, to make, and we still do track and trace on the way in, and those those are the things that we're kind of currently experimenting with. As we've only had to think about it since Tuesday or whatever it is, mm. but um, but we we want to create a space where everybody, and we'll do online streaming for those that are shielding or whatever, um, because the numbers are still rising.
0: Well, I tell you a bit, I won't miss, and it, and this is even again looking ahead a month, or like a year, who knows how long. But like like I said, I love communion, big fan of communion, yeah. It means something to me but uh and i like sharing the piece as a theory the idea of showing the piece big fan of that as well but in practical terms every other week at our church there's always there's always someone who you can see making a beeline for you and as he's on his way over to you he's like sniffing, <laughs> wiping the oh. hand on the nose and gets the old hanky out of the pocket and you can see it's not been washed in five years and it's wet unused oh and it's back in the pocket hand out coming towards you oh please be with you and uh and I, yes peace and also that cold i'm gonna get in four days from now yeah, and right. every time it happens and i get it and i can go i can tell you where we got this cold from it's it's dirty <laughs> jeff down at the, with his snotty hanky um but um so i mean little things like that you know i'm well aware that you know the handshakes the elbow bumps all of those. you know i've been doing respectful bows i've been quite enjoying the respectful bow but um when we share the peace, you know, is it going to be gloves on? Is it going to be, uh, you know, those? once you get at a petrol station by the petrol pump, maybe every church has one of those next to the uh, yeah. communion goblets, help yourself yeah. quick handshake, Then it's in the bin, you know, yeah. but I don't know. It's, that's, it kind of, it's a, it's a barrier, isn't it, to community. And uh, we well, have to find ways over those.
1: I think one of the things it has done, which has been really helpful is that it has made us much more aware of how others who live in a state of vulnerability, uh, live their lives pre-COVID, post-COVID. This is just reality. Those who are uh, immunosuppressed, those um, who struggle to um, come to church through kind of um, disability or whatever. You know, actually, what it's made us aware of is 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 others, uh, others for whom this is a this is a reality, not just for a season, but for their lives. Uh, and I remember somebody saying to me quite early on. Um, they said, you know, we are on lockdown. We're in isolation. Uh, we're stuck at home. We can't see people. We look at screens if we're going to do anything at all. And she just simply said, and I thought it's one of those most profound moments I think of the entire of that entire first lockdown really. And she said, we have joined their world, and and this is their this is what it's like for people who have to stay at home for whatever reason. And this is not. This is just reality for them. And I think if we, as, for, for me as a church, if we can get our heads around, actually, there is something really powerful about being aware of those that are having to self-isolate in five years' time, 10 years' time, then our churches will be better off for it. If we're looking at our, our physical spaces and we're aware of one another, actually people that don't want to shake hands or hug or whatever. Like I saw this really cool uh, thing on Twitter um, a couple of days ago uh and it wasn't for a church it was something else but i i thought oh i might borrow that um where they had different color yet lanyards i don't know if you saw this oh uh, uh, yeah okay it was a bucket of red lanyards a bucket of orange and a bucket yeah. of green and a sign above each one that said take this if and you know green is i'm up for hugs and high fives mm. Yellow is I'm happy to spend time talking, but please don't hug or high five me. And red was I'm going to be distant. I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. And it's a way of people on the way into what I think was a conference or whatever it was, being able to identify what they were happy with and what they weren't happy with. Again, making us more aware that just because there is a a kind of cultural norm, that doesn't mean that everyone feels included in that. Um, And I think that if, if nothing else, if we as a church can learn to be mindful of of others that are not you know um just like us then i think that that's a
0: win that sounds like the uh, respectable version of those traffic light parties that i'm sure we also had at university with (laughs) the pound of pint beers But uh, (laughs) i never i never went to one but i think i always thought of wearing a sash that just says out of order but um (laughs) yeah um we should wrap up uh, because we've talked plentifully uh and well but um um,
1: I feel like we could. I feel like there's a lot to catch up on. But here. there is. Maybe
0: we need a part two. Maybe we need a whole podcast. it's just you know setting the world to rights
1: and reminiscing
0: and reminiscing indeed. And um,
1: reminiscing about you know rag raids and rag raids. Oh yeah, I remember those? Oh, I remember Paul when you introduced the big screen TV into the common room.
0: I'd forgotten that. I'd remember. Yes, that's right. We uh,
1: yeah. had a bit of
0: money in the kitchen, a and tiny we got, little thing
1: common. in the corner, and
0: yeah, you got, you got some
1: of the common room money. And but that was the thing, right? if you wanted to watch tv yeah you had to go to the common room and work out between 200 of you what tv channel you're watching
0: yeah that was tough and i remember the, the introverts who'd get there early and think i just want to watch that thing that quiz show whatever it was yeah yeah and then suddenly it was like you know suddenly the lads come in forgetting out watching a football, <laughs> you know, and uh, it just turns out you go oh well i've had my fun i've had 20 minutes of weakest link whatever it was you know yeah
1: yeah exactly that's exactly right
0: yeah um you mentioned uh pound a pint earlier I wanted to finally say what's the most expensive pint that you've ever bought
1: Ooh.
0: and while you're thinking of it let me see if you can top this Monte Carlo I did a gig in in Monaco and it was 10 pounds a pint and uh so so there's me asking you a question just an excuse to tell you this really yeah yeah no, uh, go ahead me and three other comedians so four of us in total and everyone in the audience was like a, a billionaire they had their yachts parked outside in the marina You could see. And uh, they gave it, and they had was free drinks, drinks tokens during the show. But they said it's only during the show. And We were of course all like, oh yeah, well, we're working, we won't have a drink during the show. We clearly should have done because afterwards, like, I'll get these, you know, it's all right. The drinks tokens may have expired. I'll go and just get a round of drinks for everyone. Thinking like three pound each, 350, London prices maybe four pound. Came back shaking with the beer tray with forty pounds worth of of four beers, oh. and um, ye, we made those last.
1: Yeah, you would, you would. would yeah. What they call it? Nurse that one, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Nurse those pints. Yeah, yeah. no, I can't quite beat ten quid. Although okay. I've done a wedding in in Monaco. Have you? Yeah.
0: What you were you presiding?
1: Um, I was. I, well, I it, they they had um, they had uh, 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 the civil ceremony bit in mm. Monaco in the town hall. Very formal. Very um, contractual you know, so we're there gathered and hmm. the couple are in front of the desk and in the town hall in old Mon- in Old town Monaco. And it's very contractual. It says, you know, do you, do you agree to take 50% of the cost and the expenditure of, the ha- uh, of you know, do you agree to commit to 50% oh, yeah. of raising the children? You know, very yeah. kind of absolutely wow. contractual. And I was doing the spiritual bit on the beach mm. at the end of the day. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, so right. i've got a story to go with that one day but that's for another that's for another podcast ask we, me about the monaco podcast nice. oh, the monaco wedding i did
0: we'll, we'll plant that as a little teaser for next time absolutely ready. right well uh random random john uh reverend random uh i'm delighted that you made that spelling mistake on that UCAS form many years ago <laughs> and uh, found your way to uh to, to the, the to the priesthood we call it the priesthood the priesthood i suppose yeah, it's the we'll priesthood that there? today let's let's do that thank you for joining us and um and godspeed. Uh if you know, whatever that may mean. Whatever speed you want to go at, may it be Godspeed. Slowly at the moment, I think. That's John March, Reverend John March, Reverend Random John March. Thank you for joining us. What a fella. That was an illuminating chat, I'm sure you'll agree. His podcast is called The New Now. You can hear me on that podcast talking about how to be creative and uh, lead things in different ways in this new abnormal, I suppose. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Next time, we are joined by comedy writer James Carey talking about comedy, religion and all sorts of other things here on Catching Up, a Paul Carenza podcast. I've been Paul Carenza. This continues to be a podcast for another approximately three seconds. Goodbye.